This is the Prep for Today podcast. This is episode number eight, and I'm Steve White. In today's topic, we're going to talk about an agile approach to prepping. Um, more particularly, we're going to talk about the scrum approach of agile and how it can help us in our preparedness and then how we can use it just in general in life, uh, both uh, in our own uh, home lives as well as in our business environments and so on. So touched a little bit on this last week in episode number seven where we talked about some of the project management methodologies. Well, today we'd like to go ahead and do a little bit deeper dive in into what Agile and Scrum is all about and talk about its components and some of its theory. And then we'll talk about uh, some of the artifacts of what Scrum is and and how, how you can use it. And some ideas on how you can incorporate it into your day-to-day lives. So first, I'd like to go ahead and start off, and I want to thank our new subscribers. Uh, last couple weeks here, uh, since we've been back, we've gotten quite a few new subscribers. I'd like to go ahead and reach out and say thank you. I really appreciate that. And uh, our, our prep for today community continues to grow. Um, please stop by and check us out over on Facebook uh, at facebook.com, facebook.com slash prep for today, for as F-O-R. And uh, you can also search for prep for today. Uh, we should come up in those results. Um, also have a Twitter feed, which is Prep for Today, appropriately enough. So if, if you use either of those two social media platforms, uh, you know, please check us out. Uh, so today we'll go ahead and we'll expand on the basics of Scrum, uh, which, like I said, is a flavor of Agile project management, and uh, talk about what we can do with that. Uh, it's not just restricted to our personal preparedness needs, like I mentioned. Uh, we can use it individually. We can use it within our immediate families, uh, both our households or extended families or, or communities or what, however. Uh, but you can also use it in business for business continuity planning and disaster preparedness, or you can just use it as a project management methodology within business just to accomplish tasks and goals. They don't necessarily have to be projects. They could just be undertakings, which can essentially be projects, uh, a project being anything that takes more than one step to complete. So just to recap real quick what we talked about, some of the benefits of Agile and Scrum. Uh, what we talked about last week, we talked about how, how it's much more nimble than the waterfall approach. Um, you build a backlog of items and you use user stories to create. Uh, you identify needs and the tasks are defined what gets done and completed within that user story. Um, so we talked about uh, some of the time blocking and how, unlike waterfall, where you plan everything all up front and and just hope it sticks to the schedule, which it really ever does, um, you look at it from a different angle. And you look at it and say, hey, what am I going to accomplish in this month or in these two weeks or whatever the increment happens to be? And then you add items to the backlog that would normally come in and interrupt your process of what you were working on. So you could say, okay, great, something new came up. We'll go and put it in the backlog. Maybe we'll look at it next month. We'll do an assessment of next month and say, well, what's the number one priority for this month? It could be something that's been on the list for a long time, or it could be something that's brand new that just showed up within the you know, last couple of weeks. So, And then we'll, we'll just kind of continue on to that. So first I want to go and start off with some of the Scrum theory. Um, and basically it's, it's founded on an empirical process control theory, which sounds, sounds pretty fancy. It's, it's empiricism, which means the knowledge comes from the experience. So making decisions based on what's known. So you're not just you know guessing and just guesstimating on top of guesstimating. You, you know what you need, you've identified a need, and then you work towards that need. So you do an iterative and incremental approach um, to that. So you optimize predictability, you control risk because you know what you need, and you, you divide it out into pieces, and you identify what can be done within a given amount of time, and then you work towards it. So And it doesn't have to just be a single item. We'll talk about that in just a moment. Um, you do inspections throughout the process of the sprint. We'll call a sprint, let's say, four weeks. 
is a good good time frame. What am I going to do this month? And you can say, well, you're going to identify what you're going to do, and then you're going to go do some inspections against that and measure your progress towards that goal. And something what's called Scrum Artifacts we're going to talk about here in just a little bit. They need to be inspected throughout that sprint to make sure that, that things are going as, as you originally uh, intended. There's an adaptation that goes on. You look for deviations, uh, things that are outside of the acceptable limits. So if you get as you get into it, you get new information. And some of that information can prove that things can be done quicker or smoother or, or cost less than you expected. And, and there's also just the opposite, where things can come back and kind of blow up and you realize that there's a lot more to it than was originally thought. And that's an opportunity to, to identify that. And you can do some adaptation so you don't um, you have a better way to control that. There's some formal opportunities for inspection and adaptation. Um, this is more if it's going to be used in a group. Um, if you're doing this just individually, some of these you kind of may you may do just in your own planning. But if you're going to be doing this in a group or in a business environment, um, these really really help uh, kind of keep everybody on the same page. And there's four key items there. Uh, one's the sprint planning meeting, where basically you plan your sprint. And we'll, we'll go into these in a little bit more detail. But basically, you plan your sprint, what you're going to do before you get started. You commit to it, and that's what you're going to do in that sprint. Uh, next, you have a daily scrum or a daily stand-up, where basically it's just a daily meeting where you say, uh, what did you do yesterday? What are you working on today? And, and do you have any impediments or do you have any ob- obstructions that are keeping you from accomplishing what you what you set and you've committed for the sprint? And then there's also a sprint retrospective. And that's where you basically you go back and you look at you look at what happened in that sprint, and you look at what you did and how you did it, and you look for areas of improvement, of process as well as just uh, the actual what you estimated to begin with, your estimating process. Um, it's just a lot of a lot of different angles that you can look at, and you can do that. Retrospective is really uh, a self-assessment, if you will, of of the sprint and of the techniques that you're using, so that you can go into the future sprints in a stronger position with more information better angles, better approaches. So these four, they, they serve as a continuous feedback loop um, as needs change, relevance, and, and um, continuously being groomed and refined over time, which is just it's, it's great. Um, next, we're going to talk about the, the Scrum team. Um, if you're do this Once again, this is more if you're going to be using this in a larger group more than just yourself, but you can even do this within a household um, as well as businesses and, and community groups and things like that. But a person's there's a product owner who is the person that's responsible for maximizing the value of the product, and the product is whatever you're trying to accomplish. So they're responsible for the backlog. So if you say, okay, we're going to talk about prepping, and we want to do, we created a backlog item, and we have a number of different items. We have some financial items, we have some debt reduction, we have some some cash savings, we have some long-term strategic savings, uh, we have. Uh, some food storage, some garden, uh, some skills we want to gather, and so on. So you add these items to the backlog. You can then go back through when you build that. The the person, the uh, excuse me, the product owner is the person who's going to kind of control that backlog to say, okay, great. What's the what's the best value, or how are we going to get the best value out of this? They're responsible for that backlog. They set the priorities within that backlog, and then they ensure the value of the work that the team's doing uh, meets what's in that backlog and what's been committed. So they ensure that everybody understands that backlog and understand what what the big picture is. Um, there's the development team. Speaking, this is a lot of this is angled towards software development, but the development team are the people that are actually going to be doing a lot of the efforts. They're going to be doing uh, the work. So they're self. It's a self-organizing team. 
uh, who do the work in the increment. That's pretty straightforward. Uh, there's a scrum master who basically is a servant leader, kind of like a project manager, but it's referred to as a scrum master instead. And they serve a lot of different people, a lot of different angles of, of the of the uh, of the approach. Uh, they serve the product owner they by clearly communicating the vision, the goals, and the, the product backlog items to the team, so they help facilitate some of that communication. They teach the team to create clear and concise product backlog items. Uh, so if, if some of the items are getting added, but they're too vague, um, it's the responsibility of the scrum master to kind of say, okay, let's let's back this up a little bit and let's uh, find a better way to to get the information that we're looking for. Let's expand on this, and and that gives better information up front, so it can help work through better information through the backlog. And then they facilitate the scrum events as needed. Uh, once again, if you're in a business environment or whatever, or or in a community, the, you, the person, the scrum master, is the person who goes ahead and schedules the meetings and schedules the the daily scrums and kind of leads that effort. Um, for the team, they serve the team by removing impediments. The team can, can uh, progress smoothly and quickly. So an example of an impediment is any type of obstruction. Um, if somebody needs something in order to do something, um, let's say you have an item where it's to acquire some skill sets and they don't have much information. Well, it could be the Scrum Master's responsibility to, to get a book from the library or, or you know, identify and research some, some new content or whatever that can help them. Um, another example is let's say you have some gardening items within that. Uh, you want to set up a new garden bed, uh, you need you need some rough lumber to create the garden bed and so on. And those are some of the impediments that obstructions that are going to keep that from accomplishing within that sprint. So that's how the scrum master kind of serves the team. And then an org they serve the organization. Um, but they're leading an organization with its ad adoption of scrum. So if, let's say you're let's say you're using this in a business environment. And I know I'm kind of all over the map here, but let's say you're in a business environment and you're using scrum to look at some business continuity for disaster preparedness or uh, some, some risk mitigation or something along that line. The Scrum Master, a lot of people, a lot of businesses aren't familiar with the approach of Agile, and it's the Scrum Master's responsibility to help lead the organization with its adoption of Scrum and then help people and understand and undertake some of the Scrum and Agile processes. So you're kind of a champion for Scrum within that organization. It could be the same way within a family unit. So it really kind of comes back to really kind of relaying the information, just kind of the touch point. Communication's the key. It's not a top-down hierarchical leadership role, uh, but it's more the kind of the, the grease on the wheel that helps things move around. Um, you work with the product owners. You work with the people that are doing the actual effort. Yeah, you work within the organization. You can also do work yourself, which uh, nine times out of ten you, you'll be involved in that as well. So uh, scrum events. Uh, first, we talked about sprint uh, the sprints a little bit, and basically they're time boxes. Um, no more than one month long. You can do them in one week, two week, three week increments, uh, whatever whatever fits best for what you're doing. Personally, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the one month. So an example here around the house, I use Scrum in a lot of different angles. Uh, so here, we just moved to a new house here uh, probably eight months ago, nine months ago, and there's been a, quite a number of things to do. Um, the house was pretty much in low maintenance mode for the last 10 years. The husband had passed away. Um, the wife, his widow, pretty much mowed the lawn, and that was about it. So there's a lot of maintenance and a lot of things that needed to be done, plus a lot of updating that we're doing. Uh, as, we, as, as we've gotten here, we've rebuilt, rebuilt the dock and kind of revitalized some gardens that have been pretty much fallow for 10 years, things like that. So basically what I did was I created a backlog and went through and identified 
150 things, literally, uh, that, to do. I mean, everything from changing the lines on the toilets to high-pressure lines to kind of mitigate having a burst line to some plumbing repairs to rebuilding the docks where we sit on a lake so we've got a wooden dock that was collapsing in on itself. I just all over the board, everything from end to end. Uh, so all the way down to getting a roof put on the house, which is something that I didn't do myself. We actually had somebody do that. But that was a good example. That's a big item that was on that list. So there's a lot of things that showed up on that list. But then you take a look at the Scrum approach, and you can say, okay, great, well, here's a month, and here we are. I'm recording this, and it's August. What's in the August list? Well, we have this project, we have that project, and we've got certain things going on. So basically created a list and say, what can be accomplished in this month? And that becomes our sprint for for August, both for my, my wife and for myself. We identify what we can do, what we want to do, both from a lot of different angles, time, effort, money, uh, knowledge, priorities. Uh, here it is late, getting into late summers, things we need to do before fall and wintertime, and so on. So um, that's where we kind of worked in our sprint. Uh, it be, sprints begin immediately after the previous sprint's conclusion. Uh, so you can set it as, a, let's say it's a month or a four-week or whatever, however you work it. One leads right into the next one. If you have anything left open within that sprint, you just roll it into the next one. Uh, so examples right now, we're doing some flooring in the in the basement with the whole lower level of the house. Uh, there was some carpet, and previous owner had some pets that were that were messy. We'll just say that. So basically right now, going through, for this month, we have replaced the flooring. So that broke down into quite a number quite a number of steps, all the way down from we got quotes to figure oh, first of all figure out what we wanted. Then we went and we got some information as far as pricing. Do we have somebody do it or do we do it ourselves? Uh, what's it going to take to do it? Uh, obviously, we got to remove the old carpet, a lot of carpet, um, and padding and nail strips and all that. And then we got to seal the concrete underneath it for the for the pet odors and things like that. So we identified all these different tasks that are part of this. Uh, we need to identify what product we're going to use, uh, where we're going to source that product, if we need underlayment, uh, moisture barrier, and so on. And we did all that. Now we're kind of going through, and here it is. Today I'm recording this. On, it's on the 11th. So 11 days into the month, um, I've already got a lot of the carpet torn up. The material is going to be showing up tomorrow. I'll be picking it up, the new flooring and the underlayment. So it just gives an idea of how it goes. It's not the only thing I'm doing, but it's something that fits into our sprint. It just happens to fit into the month, this current month that we're in. So just kind of work towards that. And well, we should be done well, well ahead of the end of the month, but... By taking it and breaking it down, identifying what can be done in the month, then that's what we did. There may be an example where something doesn't fit in. Um, a great example, a part of the barn roof uh, is leaking. It was a low roof, and they used shingles where it shouldn't have been because of the low pitch, so the roof leaks, and it needs some work. Went and bought some steel for the roof. That was something, acquiring that the steel for the new steel roof was something that fit into the August sprint, but doing the roof did not. It's going to be probably be in the September sprint because I just don't have the bandwidth this month to do that. So that's just a good example of how things do and do not fit into sprints, and it doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing approach. So um, sprint planning meetings. Okay, here I just talked about the sprint and I talked about some of these different items within the sprint. And uh, the sprint planning meetings is basically what will and what can be delivered within this increment. I, the case in point, I just talked about the barn roof and basically, it's just a part of the barn roof that needs to be replaced at this point. Eventually, we'll just do the whole thing. But the piece that's leaking is one area. It's one overhang on a porch. So that's something where we know we wanted to acquire the product and have it on hand so that when we're ready come September, we can go ahead and get right into that. So we did our planning there. 
we did our planning for that floor project as another example. Um, you know, some first aid kits I'm renewing and I'm adding some additional fire extinguishers. So there's a lot of things all over the board uh, that are kind of falling in. We, we added some new security to the, to the barn. We added some uh, electronic locks uh, so we don't have to have keys with us to get into the back doors of the barn and things like that. So uh, there's a lot of pieces that can kind of fit into a sprint. They don't all have to be all or nothing or, or complete. So the other thing is how will the work need to be delivered? Um, is it something that you're going to do yourself? Is it something you're going to break it into parts and spread it across months and so on? Uh, the daily scrum, the daily stand-up. Um, this is something I personally do uh, just on my own individual projects, uh, my home projects around here, around the homestead, is I do, a daily, I do a daily scrum in the sense that I keep a little notebook, a little flip-top notebook that I carry in my shirt pocket, and basically it has all of my to-do todays is what I call that. And I carry forward, I scratch off the previous day, so I can always look back at that and say, every day I can say, well, this is what I had on the list for this month. Yesterday, if it scratched out, it got accomplished. If it didn't, it got rolled forward into the next day. New items within this month get added in there. And if I have anything I need to do, I have a separate section where I'll put notes, calls to make, information to research, things to do, and so on. So that's kind of what the sprint, what the, some of the, so, excuse me, what some of the daily scrum stand-up is all about. In a business environment, um, I use Scrum for a project that I'm managing now, which is really like six or seven projects in one, just for the magnitude. And we do a daily Scrum where we have everybody in the team comes into a conference room, no longer than 15 minutes, and we go around that room. Last person in the room gets the gets the ball first. We have a little squeezy ball that that's whose turn it is. Toss it to them. They say, what did they do yesterday? What are they working on today? And what impediments do they have? Do they need anything? And it may not be something that they need today. We've got a great example. We have a, one of our developers. He'll tell us a week ahead of time saying, hey, I'm going to need such and such. So it gives us time to go ahead and get that ready. So when he's ready to, to be where he needs to be to do that, everything's in place for him. So the daily, uh, the, the, excuse me, the daily scrums are just a really useful piece. It can be done around the house as well. Uh, my wife and I will have meetings, uh, and not per se meetings, we'll actually have discussions sometimes in the evening. Instead of doing it first thing in the morning, we do it in the evening and say, hey, tomorrow can you call so-and-so, or I need to do such-and-such, or you know, whatever whatever the case may be. We kind of have that little daily calibration, so we're always on the same page when we kind of know when something else is needed. Uh, case in point, we've got the carpeting that we're tearing out. And we need to get a dumpster because we're going to have so much material. Instead of that, I'm going to make multiple trips to the dump to haul the stuff. Uh, plus, I'm going to be doing the roof next month. So if I can extend that out over, I think it's a two-week rental, and extend it out over the end of this month and the first part of next month, and, and there we go. Then we've got our dumpster to cover both projects in one. So that's something she's going to call tomorrow and get pricing on. Don't need it today, but um, it's something that uh, a daily scrum can get us that information. So each person answers those three questions, and it's really, really beneficial. Um, next, we have the sprint review, which is held at the end of the sprint. And that's where we review what was, what's been done and what has not been done. And if it hasn't been done, you kind of talk about a little bit why, and then also you identify what's left of it to be done. And then what we do in the business environment is we actually roll those into the following month or into the next sprint, um, if, especially if it's something to be finished up. If it's something that didn't get done because it had questionable relevance or relation at time, it may be something that gets put back into the backlog for later. Uh, you may have just bit off more than you chewed, or you could chew, or you found some new information that said this isn't needed now. Um, there's a lot of good examples like that. Um, it, the roof is an example here. 
Uh, it could have been up on the list, and I could have done a temporary patch, and it would have worked, and I say, well, I could buy a few months or whatever the case may be. But uh, So that's what you do in a sprint review. Uh, you talk, let's talk about what went well and what didn't, well, didn't go well. So, And what problems have emerged, and how can they be avoided or addressed in future sprints? You can also go ahead and review your outstanding backlog. So, you can group collaboration on what's to do in the next sprint. Uh, that's the basis for the sprint planning meeting, essentially. You're kind of pre precursing that. And then the last meeting here we have is the sprint retrospective. And that's where you say, how did, how did the sprint go last month? Or the, how did the sprint go? In regards to the people and the processes and the relationships and the tools that were used. Uh, not necessarily looking at the items themselves, but looking at the process and see how the process can be improved. And this is really beneficial. Um, this is In the business environment, what we'll do is we'll have a dry erase board, and we'll just get a room with the team, and we'll have three columns. What went well? What didn't go well? How can we improve? And people take turns going up with dry erases and putting things on the board. Um, I've gone up there as a project manager and put too many meetings and too long, as an example. It's something somebody had addressed in one of our dailies and been kind of working on calibrating and shortening the meetings. Um, the communication is something that oftentimes you'll get noted, which goes well, because the communication is really phenomenal uh, using Scrum. But uh, th that's what the retrospective is all about. You're really looking at improving the process, not necessarily the items within, looking at more from a strategic approach. Um, it's more team-based than task-based, like I said. And then next we're going to go ahead and talk about Scrum artifacts. Uh, those are things like the product backlog I've mentioned. Uh, the product backlog is all the items that are out there to be done. And they're not necessarily items, but they're actually uh, user stories, something that you want. And the product, and the project uh, backlog is never complete. Or the product backlog, excuse me, is never complete because everything doesn't need to be identified from the beginning like it does in the waterfall. Uh, you just continue to add things in. You can drop things off. You can have items that were on there that just became obsolete or no longer needed or were addressed by something else. So uh, it's, not just, it's not a static list. So it can stay very dynamic. Initially, you only need the basic information that's needed, the description, an order, and an estimate. Um, and it's an estimate of effort, not necessarily time. Um, because basically you'll go through and you'll groom those and identify. When you look into them and you'll say, hey, what is this and what's, what's it going to take to get this done? Uh, things get groomed by the team. They get flushed out and identify needs, concerns, the impact, and so on. So uh, next we have the sprint backlog, which is where you take items out of the, pro of the project backlog or the product backlog, and then you go ahead and add those in for that individual sprint. So you can say, okay, hey, we're, we've got these 150 things. We say in the next month we can do five or 10 or whatever it happens to be based off of the effort required for each of them. And then you kind of commit to those, and that's what you work against uh, for that sprint. So that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Uh, I may go back into this a little bit more at a later point. Um, next episode, I'm going to talk about uh, getting things done, and that'll probably be the last of the kind of project management uh, approaches, at least for a little bit, unless you tell me otherwise. If you want some more of this, I can give you some more information. Um, we can go back into Scrum and give some different dimensions to it as well. But, but for now, I was planning to go and just touch on the getting things done um, productivity model and kind of leave it at that and then go back into some of the prepping topics. I've had a request to do a, a show on propane, and it's a very, very a good topic and coming into a good season to be talking about propane. So uh, that'll be coming up here in the next couple weeks. So closing thoughts, I just want to say that my goal for this episode was to provide some of the more information um, 
just more information about Scrum, uh, its basic components and the basic mechanics of it. I went pretty high level last week. I know I went a little bit longer this week uh, than I have in previous episodes. I'm curious, what do you think about that? Um, right now we're pushing about 24 minutes, um, maybe 26, almost 30 minutes by the time we're going to be done here. Well, what do you think of a longer episode as opposed to the 10 or 15 minute like I had originally? So you can either uh, shoot me a email or at steve at prepfortoday.com, or you can go ahead and uh, leave a comment on the post. I'm curious to see what you think. Likewise, on the post, I went ahead and I added uh, a couple links to a couple books, uh, a couple things, actually. One is uh, the Scrum Guide, which is a, a really informative paper from from uh, Jeff Sutherland and Ken Schwabler, who uh, created Scrum, per se. And that's a basically it's a free PDF you can download you can download and, and read really really good overview pretty high level stuff, and then also I'll have a link over there to the Scrum Field Guide. So if you think that Scrum might be something you're interested in using in your in your business or even in, in your home environment, um, the Scrum Field Guide it's called Scrum Field Guide Practical Advice for Your First Year, and it's a really great book because it kind of goes through uh, some of the challenges that you're going to come across with Scrum in that first year, uh, getting people on board and how you're going to work through things, how to manage the meetings, how to manage the backlog. Um, because Scrum really is, if you, especially if you use it in a business environment, it's very uh, very accelerated, I'll say, compared to standard traditional project management. And it's not, it's not unheard of to have four times or ten times or a hundred times productivity. Um, it's to the point where you almost have to slow it down because the productivity increases so fast, it's, it's hard to keep, keep a hold of or um, keep focused. Uh, it really is something... Fantastic! Nothing like nothing I've ever used before in twenty some years as the project manager. So, but it's pretty neat. It's I got a link there. It's an Amazon link, and um, if you're interested, you can check that out. But uh, that's all I had for today. I want to thank you for your time, and I really appreciate it. And I'm interested to hear, like I said, what you what you think of the longer episode, and if you think I should continue to do some of these some of these uh, kind of foundational project management approach type podcasts, or uh, just head straight into some of the some of the content area uh, for prepping and some of the things that we can do in our day-to-day life to uh, you know prepare for today so we have a better tomorrow so I thank you very much and hey have a great day I don't know if I could have planned it anymore or any better than what came to pass Striving to do better than before, and always trying just to make it last. There's gotta be something better, there's got to be something more. Got to be something better, got to be something more, something more.